All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode three of Hyper Battle. Ah, a ghost! <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I'm being haunted for this episode. <laughs> yeah, this is so much fun. Man, it did not take long for you to come back. No, no, it really didn't, did it? Uh, so we're trying a new setup for the audio this time. So if it sounds weird again, forgive me, but I've had to Frankenstein two laptops together to get this to work. He's rather having than, fun with this, ladies and gentlemen. Rather than hear myself with an echo, I've got myself recording on one, and then I Skype called a backup account with still calling that one too and oh it's all weird but uh enough about the behind the scenes of <laughs> hyper battle let's get into this week's well this month's topic common writer ghost a, <laughs> a show <laughs> me and soul both really do like but it has a bum rap in some places and i was reading another review and i <laughs> think i know why okay much like kabuto this had a slow burn start yeah and what i mean by that is that the first i want to say 12 maybe 15 episodes mm-hmm. were your basic dry and cut monster of the week episodes yeah it wasn't building anything really it was getting introduced to the main characters his side cast some of the villains and had a monster of the week and some new toy to sell essentially yeah uh let's never forget that comic primarily is a show for selling children's toys mm-hmm. which you know gotta make money somehow yeah it does kind of lead into that there's no there's no getting around that. Yeah. And every now, just now because and... it's all toys doesn't mean it can't be a good show. No, exactly. And uh, it can lead to some interesting ideas, especially if you need to reinvigorate the plot. Well, then just reintroducing and introducing a new toy can sometimes bolster mm-hmm. ideas, especially if you have a good story behind the new character or if it's the right kick in the butt for some writing staff. Mm-hmm. Cause sometimes a good writing staff needs to be, you know, kicked, with some energy, but sometimes it can hurt a show when you when you know for a fact that in well in four weeks you've got to introduce this new MacGuffin. Yeah, this might also be the problem with um, Fies. For me, it was really a pro- one of the reasons why I really couldn't get into Drive. Yeah, I think Fies just had this similar problem. It just it, it's more of a problem with uh, everything post double mm-hmm. because. Double is the most – after Double, things got very formulaic with new form, Shelby's forms for a month, two months maybe, mid-transformation. Mid like this is a mid-hyper form. Like mm-hmm. this is a new power-up. It's pretty damn good. It'll last for another two weeks, maybe three weeks, and then yeah. maybe, inter- maybe introduce a new character or – but right around the halfway to – three-fourths the way done to introduce 
the final power-up for the main show. Or as some people call it, the victory button. Yeah, and it's very formulaic. But at the same time, Ghost was a bit different about that. I found that the Ghost's victory button actually changed the status quo, like that review I... Well, we'll, we'll talk. Me and Saul need to discuss this review later on. It was a really good review. Mm-hmm. I will recommend. I think it was also a very fair review. Yeah, it was clearly written by someone who liked the show, but like us, we'll admit it's not good. It's not perfect. I mean, for me, this is like the best way to describe. It, I like to describe things I like with food because I'm. Mm-hmm. But uh, if double and O's were like uh, you getting a wonderful milkshake on a really hot summer day. Like this is a professional high grade milkshake made by the fanciest milkshake shop in the world. Ghost is like getting an ice cream sandwich. Hmm? It's good. I really really say I enjoyed ghost more than I did. Gaim. Ah, I Gaim review. Yeah, we did Gaim review on uh, soul (laughs) soul show. uh, (laughs) Waste potential on plug, plug, listen, listen, but uh, (laughs) yeah. Uh, really do think Ghost and Gaim are in the same ballpark. They're both really enjoyable and have amazing ideas, but they fumbled with them a lot. But we should probably get into Comrade Ghost's actual story. Yeah, before we spend the entire time rambling about random shit. Yeah, so Comrade Ghost is about uh, Takaru. Tenkuchi Takaru. On his There's 18th, a mouthful for you. On his 18th birthday, birthday, he's killed. Yeah. Yeah, Comrade Ghost stars a ghost. Who knew? Who, who would have thought? <laughs> um, and the reason why we say on his 18th birthday he was killed, every episode opens with, Hi, I'm Tenkui Takaru. On my 18th birthday, I was killed. Yeah. By the 15th, you kind of got this memorized. Yeah. Um, the only difference is, at the start of the show, he has 99 days to gather... 12 magic MacGuffins to get one Don't wish. bother trying to count the days because it doesn't add up. No. And not every episode is a day. Not every episode is a week. Sometimes they're like... I think at one point it went from like 60 to like 30 and me and Sora were like, what? <laughs> what happened to 30 days? Were you all taking a nap? <laughs> Speaking of naps, that is a problem with uh, Takaru. As he's a ghost, they flip-flop on how alive he is in the lack of saying because near the end of the series he's like I can't sleep I can't eat meals with my friends I'm isolated by them because you know I'm technically dead but in the early episodes he's eating with his friends he takes a nap as a ghost (laughs) in fact I think he gets haunted while he's napping (laughs) how do you haunt a ghost with that annoying little eyeball thing yeah and the, the they flip-flop on how much ghostly powers he has outside his suit and inside his suit. There's one joke where he gets, he's about, he's using his uh, powers of gravity. He gets from a superpower to hold up a falling piece of the city and he's underneath it. He's like, I'll be crushed if I drop it. And he's like, you're a ghost. You're already dead. All right. And he phases <laughs> through it and I laugh my ass off. But at the same time, they kind of forget that. Yeah. I mean, if another Ghost fights another ghost. I guess the intangible thing kind of goes bye bye. Yeah, that's 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 fighting on the same level of intangibility. Yeah, I mean it's like Pokemon. You can fight ghost types of ghost types. I would hope so. Although I never understood why normal type moves, uh, why normal types are immune to ghost attacks in Pokemon. 
You'd think it would be super effective. Uh, yeah, you would actually. But eh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Takaru as a character is pretty likable. I don't actually have many problems with him as a character. A lot of people found him really bland, but he's a nice kid. Well, again, I think that's the slow burn at the beginning of Ghost. He kind of has the one character trait. Yeah. And then his character I would say a is bit sooner than the fifteenth episode, but I kind of go like the fifteenth episode as kind of like a general rule. Yeah, it kind of builds itself up by like six or seven. I want to say. Yeah, he's like I said, a really good kid. He believes in himself. He has faith in himself. He's not really all that broken up about being dead. He's more freaked out, which totally understandable. Yeah, not every day you die. But he takes in stride because he can use being dead to help people. And like I said, he's a good kid. He likes to help people. He's not like uh, Peter Parker levels of need to help people over Ugh. helping himself. But he several times will choose other people over himself. And he's not. I. Uh, no. Um. He's not like Gary Stu either. No, and he's not stupid about it either. He's. Naive in places, which, eh. Well, naive and stupid are two different things. Exactly. I mean, he's finished. written very similarly in a lot of situations. Sadly, yes. But naive is putting faith in something. Yeah. Stupid is not understanding the situation at all. And he clearly understands the situation. He Mm -hmm. understands threats are threats. He just really thinks he can see the best in everybody. And in several cases, that actually comes true. And it's one of the few times where the power of friendship encounter does not feel beat over the head. It honestly feels like the friends he makes with the show are his friends. Mm-hmm. That he They know for a fact that he would go to the ends of Earth for them, so obviously they're going to go to the ends of the Earth for him in return. It's really powerful at one point where he is... Spoiler, dead, deader, and all of his friends have a piece of his, like his little MacGuffin that allows him to transform or holding on to it, and they're still going to fight for in honor of him. And this power is enough to bring him back because this many people want him back. And I like to think that two of them are because these two have mystical powers themselves that they mm-hmm. both are pulling him back. Because another spoiler, he does deader. I think tw- two times a show. At least. Yeah, at least. And one time he gets pulled back by the ghost of his dad. Mm-hmm. And the second time he gets pulled back by his friends. They weren't even willing, they weren't like trying to, let's use our combined friendship to summon him. No, it's more like we gotta stand up to the big guy with even without Takaru. You know what the funny thing is? What? The second time he was brought back, that clock didn't reset. No, the clock did not reset. The first time he comes back, they reset the clock to 99 days again. Second time he comes back, it's he's more powerful. I guess he's a much more stable ghost. And we do get his ultimate transformation from that, which is one of the coolest, I think, in Conrad. And the sparkliest. It's, some people call it the glitter ghost or glitter force. <laughs> Very good reason. And it has like a rainbow horn, and it looks fucking fabulous. But it also looks freaking badass because this nice white trench coat kind of thing, and the powers. Mm-hmm. Because he's now a ghost, he's in that state. He's also kind of an empath, so he can feel other people's emotions. 
and use them against people. And like he literally fights with love at one point by forcing his enemies to feel love. And because of what at the time, I think he's like fighting like ghostly supercomputers. They don't comprehend emotions, so it overloads and makes them explode. And at least I like how I interpreted it. Like that may not be what they were going for, but mm. it's what I felt like. And one of the episodes I enjoyed was where Takaru tries to use his Midmax form, the yep. one with all the ghost links to it. Yep. And instead of his. Wi- uh, wind button form, the sparkly, fabulous form. He yep. wants to use his the the other one because it involves all the ghosts and companions he's gotten along yep. his journey. What he's trying to collect are twelve icons. These are spirits of legendary people and a couple of fictional people, condensed into little eyeballs that, when put into his belt, give him a coat based off their powers. Halfway mm-hmm. through, he gets all twelve combined into one, and he can summon them to help him. So, it actually makes sense for him to reuse this power-up every now and then, because A, sometimes being strong is good, but having more people to fight with you is better. Mm -hmm. And B, he has a relationship with these ghosts. He actually can talk to them, they help him out, they actually won't be able to become his jacket until he befriends them. And that's really touching to see him bring out his friends and save the day. And, yeah, he's not exactly what I'd call the strongest lead of a show. He can be kind of a wet blanket at times. Can't you that. Really uninteresting. But at the same time, he's like that. There's, he's, there's usually like one gr- guy in a group of friends who is that nice guy. The one everyone just goes, yeah, yeah, he's the nice guy of the group. He's, he's the one who's got everybody back. That's Takaru. Yep. He's not like the charismatic leader. He's not the, amazing bolsterous guy he's not the funny one he's kind of the one that draws the group together yeah but doesn't know what direction to take yeah he never felt like really the leader of his group he was just de facto the leader he really Mm -hmm. was the glue of his group he was the heart yeah so him getting emotion-based powers really fit his character yeah and i like how there's a difference between that like there's a guy that can pull the party together and there's somebody else that can go oh we need to go this way yeah and that's totally fair in fact um, the second counter, uh, Makoto, counter Spectre, he's really more of the one. People like to call him bland because he's so much, he's more of a plot point than a character. Mm-hmm. And while he is the weakest of the three counters, in my opinion, he is the one often driving the plot because he's the one with the, we've got to do this. But he's also the aloof one. Yeah, he's. That, that's, a, that, that's an odd combination. I don't think it really worked that well. Yeah, he's also the more generic villain writer at the start. Yeah, he starts off as a bad guy because he mm-hmm. needs the 12 MacGuffins too to wish back his dead sister who is trapped in an icon herself. Not a, not a one that gives a suit, but just a little – he walks around with an eye, eyeball in his pocket that can talk to him. And when, you know, when you're trying to revive a founder, you are going to be a bit underhanded in places, which I was totally fine with. Yeah, he never really felt – how do he I put was, this? He was never out of place or no, never out, out of, of place. touch with his character, I would say. It's just his character after he saves his sister, which, spoiler, Takaru uses his, gets all 12 and decides, I'm not going to revive myself, I'm going to revive his sister. And, and then, like, then we, all, we all see this coming. Yeah. And we immediately see what uh, um, Spectre's going to do after that. He's going to be like, my best friend gave up his only chance to revive himself to save my sister. Immediately, the heel turns and becomes a good guy. Mm-hmm. 
it makes sense, but at the same time, he's still not like the most personable member of the team. I think the problem with that is that after spending all that time trying to undermine Takaru mm. and revive his sister, the turnaround was a little too 180. There yeah. wasn't there was much... a, like a, there was a pause, and he did feel really awkward for a while. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like. I think that's the problem. It felt awkward. It didn't feel natural in a way. Yeah. I don't exactly know how that would have felt more natural. Yeah, I think awkward is probably the best way to describe Makoto. Yeah. Because even, like, he gets his own spinoff movie, and Mm -hmm. that's just awkward. Like, he's he's not a bad character. No, the problem is that while awkward best describes it, I don't have a way to fix that in no, my head neither do I and awkward is just not really fun to watch I mean there are he does have his moments don't oh, get us yeah. wrong um, we both think his upgrade deep specter mm-hmm. that's freaking sweet he gets the super form very much like uh, Takaru's which we're not that crazy about we don't hate yeah. it but the deep specter which I freaking love the voice when it transforms deep specter that just said it's so freaking cool. <laughs> and he's got all these flame powers now, and he has flame armor. And the oh, color no. combination was fabulous. Not as fabulous as uh, Takaru's uh, final form, the Mugen form, but D-Specter is still really freaking sweet. And mm-hmm. I like they gave it some proper lore to it, and it made sense why it was able to keep up for a while, which was cool. And he had his own little arc with a copy of himself. I forget it, how that went out. It went out with the original dying, the copy giving his life. It's the copy part is actually what I think is the weakest part of the show. A lot of people say the beginning is slow. I'm fine with the beginning. I expect that from a Conrad show. But the Makoto clone saga is almost as bad as the original. Not the original, the second Spider-Man clone saga, the one from the 90s. Ugh. It doesn't go to that level, but there are shades of it. Later. Like, I clearly think someone took the lo- wrong lessons from that clone saga from Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. If you don't know that clone saga and Spider-Man, be grateful, because that yeah. is a train wreck. To- Very grateful. Uh, I mean, I may like Ben Riley a lot, but... Uh, His backstory is not all that great. And the stories around him is not that great. I just feel re- really sorry for him. But as for Makoto, it's really hard to... He is just there. He's yeah, awkward, like I said, he, there's there. nothing outright wrong with him. No, he's just. But to incorporate him better in the story, I don't have a solution. He definitely needed but, to be. If you, going back to the food analogy, he definitely needed to be cooked a bit longer. Yeah, but we'll get to the third writer now. Who? <laughs> so, do you have any problems with this guy? He wasn't introduced soon enough. I think it was. I think well, we do have a single problem. He he may have gotten a super form, but he lost with it. Yeah. We're gonna get to Prince Allen, common writer Necrom. Oh, now the only slight problem I had at the start of this was his helmet. It grew on me. It grew on me, but at the same time, it's like this is his vision right here—a deep it's diver a, helmet. It's basically a, like he's wearing a scuba diver mask over his regular helmet. It doesn't look that great, but when it ha- when he has his hood up, he looks the most menacing. Mm-hmm. 
He's. It's just that it, I know there's probably some explanation how it really doesn't block his vision. Yeah. But all I can think of is this is my vision field. I'm gonna have a problem fighting things to my left or right. Yeah, it's like wearing a box on your head. Try to look yeah. at the box. Um. Okay, Alan starts off as also a bad guy. The supposed main villain, actually. Yeah, uh, he basically starts off as the guy pulling the strings of both Makoto and the guy releasing the Monsters of the Week. Mm-hmm. He Who also is, had an interesting story, now that I think about it. Yeah, um, but Alan is the advanced, tr- advanced scout of a parallel universe filled with ghost-like people called Gammas. Ooh. Yeah, and he's here to judge Earth and see if it's worth coming to Earth and stealing Earth's resources because his world is dying, in a sense. Yeah, his world is kind of dying, and everyone's already kind of dead. They're in suspended animation. Their bodies will never die, but their bodies are rotting away. And it's confusing. It's confusing, but Alan is the prince of this world. Mm-hmm. His dad is the king, and as ki- as king, he's keeping his world stable and his people alive. So Alan is doing the proper thing a son should, which is helping his dad and helping his people. Right. The downside is that means invading Earth. Now, at first, he's fully on board with this. Oh, he yeah. has no qualms about stomping through this place. He's a good son. Earth is kind of backwards. In his world, everyone works together. Earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we kind of got issues about that. Yeah. But at the same time, his world's also kind of bland. Yeah, there's like no life to it. Sure, everyone's together, but they're not really living. No. They're in eternal sleep, in a sense. Which, after some battles, some conversations, Alan gets introduced to the true heart of this show to turn him around. The sweet old grandma. Who makes octopus balls. Takoyaki, takoyaki, they're called. <laughs> Essentially what happens, uh, Alan starts questioning his family because the only friend he's ever had his entire life is Makoto. Mm-hmm. Makoto was Takuru's friend. During an accident, Mak- uh, Makoto and his sister were sent into the Gamma world. The Gamma world was starting to kill his sister. He befriended uh, the royal family in order to get help from them. And this is all while he's like a little kid doing this. And he mm-hmm. and Alan become sparring buddies and it's the first person Alan's ever met who is not like yes your highness yes your majesty yes your yeah, majesty. isn't an ass kisser yeah and, so, and Makoto is strong willed and while he never I don't beats Alan in fights he is definitely Alan's most fun person to fight against because mm-hmm. everyone else is either going to just going to lose the fight to him automatically is or is so well trained Alan doesn't stand a chance so obviously having a buddy around your skill level Will make you improve. Correct. So when Makoto joins Takuru's side, Alan brainwashes him. <laughs> like he forcibly brings him back to his side as a mindless slave to be his friend and to beat the crap out of Takuru. And Takuru is like, "Oh, I have to. I don't want to hurt my best friend." And Alan doesn't really understand that. He Alan's like, "No, you should try and take him back." 
by force because that's what we do. I was like, no, we're friends. Friends trust And you. this snaps Makoto out of it. Makoto denies Alan. Alan gets pissy. Mm-hmm. He goes home for a bit. His fa- he starts finding out that his older brother is also pining for the throne. And it might be a little cuckoo. Might be a little strong, strong uh, understatement. Yeah, just a bit. Just a bit, yeah. And we also he, he ends up killing Alan's dad mm-hmm. to take the throne. Gets Alan thrown out of their world and branded an enemy because, well, the older brother's now king. Well, also put back into his body, which... which he's not used to being mortal. Because while, he's, while his body, while his body is asleep, he's able to astral project with a physical form. It's, it's weird. Yeah. But now that he's mortal, he has to experience mortality for the first time in hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. I think. Like, he ages while he's pretty kind? I don't know. It's confusing. It's confusing. But either way, he gets sent to Earth with nowhere to go. And Makoto's sister, who is also his kind of friend, like, she knew him. Big Brother likes this guy. She takes pity on him, helps him get food, and introduces him to the old grandma who runs a takoyaki shop. And Alan is obsessed with the octopus balls. At First, he's weirded out because he's so used to anything around and eyeball-sized to be someone's soul. So he's like, you eat? You eat eyeballs? No, no, Sidney, <laughs> these are octopus balls. And I love the grandma because she never figures out that he's like a parallel space alien dude. Well, she, she just thinks everything. First conjunction to anything. Exactly. She never sees any of the weirdness. She just sees him and he acts weird and he wears slightly different outfits. And But at the same time, she sees right away this hurt young man who's lost, confused, and all he needs is some love. And a half sweater. At that's a. At first we okay. Uh, she basically gives Sorry. him a weird sweater that only covers one arm, and me and Soul freaking hated it. But then we found out that was her own scarf that she modified for him to have clothing, and we're like, oh, we no longer hate this. We I can. still think the fashion, but yeah, it's still terrible fashion. But she's like, I think this lady only has the takoyaki shop. And maybe like a small place to live under. So she's giving him free food, giving him clothes, giving him life advice. She is so sweet. She looks like, I want to say, 80-something. I think she gives the entire crew life advice. Like, she is like... Everyone who comes to her shop, like, just... And then Ghost does the saddest thing ever. They have her die. Yeah, it just... It's heart-wrenching. She, she, she sits down next to Alan because she's tired. She's like, I'm just going to rest here. So she rests her head on his shoulder, and he lets her. He's getting used to her, and all of a sudden, there's a monster run around. So he gets up to go fight the monster and runs off, and she's dead. Yeah. And he found out that she liked to paint in her youth. So after fighting the monster, he decides, I'm going to surprise her, and runs over with some art supplies and finds her dead. Heart-wrenching. Heart-wrenching, and Alan is not used to the concept of death. He's just getting used to mortality. So he's just been introduced to the sweetest lady ever, and she dies on him. Like, literally dies on him. 
And I can distinctly yeah. remember Soul's reaction is he was very upset at the show that at the end of that episode. I was. I was like, oh, that's tragic. And I think you would you said you told me you want to put that in like your top five saddest deaths. One of the top ones, yeah. I mean, it, it is gut wrenching. It's basically like Alan's life at that point is almost Peter Parker levels of misery and pain wherever he goes. You know what the sadder thing is? What? The shoulder that he wears the um, half sweater on is the shoulder that she died on. I did not realize that. Oh, my God, <laughs> that is. That is some poetic sadness to him. <laughs> I just realized that myself. Oh, my God. <laughs> Go, so like, after, after her, take you deeper her, than you imagined. But after her death and he gets used to that, he his badass walk into a fight while eating some takoyaki, slowly walking towards the monsters, and he's just, he's got his rigor back. He's, he understands life. He understands what's worth fighting for now. Mm-hmm. How short and precious life is. He understands this because of and her death. And still never gets a super form yet. And he just walks up into this fight, just munching away on takoyaki, and then he just beats the crap out of the monster, and you're just like, holy crap! <laughs> Maybe, no, he didn't. Maybe he didn't get a super form, but he got grandma powers. Yeah, you know what Never. else I loved about Alan? What? When he learned to use his um. Oh yeah, the, the uh, journey the to the west. Forms. The journey. He basically one of the power ups he gets uh, is the author to Journey of the West. Mm-hmm. And it lets him oh, summon Journey of the uh, West, and then the three assistants: the monkey, the pig. And the water spirit. I forget his name now. I forget all. Sanzo. Sanzo. Yeah, that's it. Yes. And he makes, but yeah, he learns martial arts from Sun Wukong. And had to take a fall. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he basically never really gets a real superpower until the V movie, where he gets the power of friendship burns around him so much he gets a super form, but then immediately loses in that form. So it's kind of pointless. Pointless. I mean, it looks cool. It's basically his normal outfit with golden trims to it, with golden flames. And you're like, ah, oh, that, that's pretty sweet. But uh, why did he get an epic cape form? Because <laughs> he doesn't need it. He's got that half sweater. He, after a while, he basically becomes irrelevant in the plot in terms of power. He's all. But the thing is, even when he's like the weakest guy in the team, he gives 110. percent Mm-hmm. He is efficiently. He basically is the best secondary rider ever. I am not arguing that anywhere. There are some that are more relevant in terms of fights. There are some that are probably cooler, but none have as much emotional growth. So much plot driven to them that doesn't feel like they're stealing the show. Yeah, he's he's the best. And while the final boss is his brother, he's also able to understand that, yeah, I can't fight my brother. I don't have the power to. But I'm going to give you a clear shot, Takaru. Mm-hmm. This is a fight that needs to end. It has nothing to do with me getting vengeance for dad. It has nothing to do with me showing my dad, my brother who's right. It involves with us stopping this. But I can't have that small satisfaction. <laughs> yeah, he does take some satisfaction to it. And he ends up being the king of his universe because obviously if his brother's the final villain. You know, we also mentioned that he also has a sister involved in all this. Yeah, he has a sister, but I don't remember her doing much. She was the voice of reason in the royal family at the start. Yeah, and then, she, then her, then their mutual brother kind of locks her up because she makes too much sense and he doesn't want to listen to her. Mm-hmm. But he won't kill her, which shows that he's a monster. 
It, yeah, that's... even a monster has family, even if you won't listen to him. Yeah, and it, it, the final boss is not really him. It's the powers he wanted to run amok, literally coming to life. Yeah, I forget about that. Wasn't there like these five statues? Or Twelve, sta- Twelve statues that balance his universe. Mm-hmm. And... You might have noticed number 12, the icons were meant to counteract them, but they outpower the icons. Yeah. But we should probably get on to the other two most important characters. Onari, because I love his ass. Onari the monk. Uh, Takuru lives in a uh, Shinto temple, and Onari is currently the head monk. Mm -hmm. Basically, he is kind of Takuru's big brother. He was a student of Takuru's dad, who was the previous head monk. And when he passed away, Onari became the kind of head monk and started helping take care of Takaru. Who literally tries to push Takaru into being a monk. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I... And he's also the main comic relief. And he's actually funny. <laughs> the yeah. Common writer account relief characters, they're either hit or miss. And Onari is definitely 95% of the time a massive hit. And while not as emotional as Granny, he was the heart for another character. Yeah. Uh, one of the bad guys also ends up getting stuck in the human world and in a mortal body and slowly starving. And Onari, being a monk, does the right thing and feeds him. Even though three or four weeks ago he was trying to kill Takaru. Yeah. As a monk, he sees someone suffering. He must do the monkly thing. Be nice. Then I'll get wrong. He's not dropping his guard around the guy. No, no. He, he, although he is overconfident, he can beat the guy. He's overconfident about a lot of things. Onari is self-aware, and yet also okay. Onari is aware of the world around him, but he's not very self-aware, which is kind of funny for a monk. Yeah. But what the thing I like about him is that the few times he knows he's overwhelmed, that does not stop the guy from trying. Now, he's also sensible enough to know when to run. Yeah, he does run every now and then. But the thing is, he doesn't, like, run coward. He runs but helps people run with him. He's like, no, no, we're getting away from this. Yeah, it's knowing when you are going to be overwhelmed, grabbing those that need your help, and getting the hell out of there. And the second character, Akari, is Takaru's childhood friend, and she is the resident scientist who does not believe in any of this ghostly crap at first. After a while, she has to admit it, it is real, but she's always trying to find the scientific reason behind things. Which, that is a running character thing in a lot of shows that can get old really fast, I'll admit to that. But I felt she was handled pretty well. Well, the other thing is that she's also half right about all of this. Yeah, she is half right. And a lot that's of the funny thing I think involved in that. One of the back and forth running gags is her and Onari, like, aha, science was the answer. This time, no, 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 it was spirituality, my friend. But the thing is, while the two of them butt heads constantly, they respect each other. They just won't admit to it. Mm-hmm. Maybe Onari might re- might admit that, but <laughs> she's not going to anytime soon. And the thing is, as a secondary character. Her inventions do end up helping every now and then. She makes yeah. devices to, to see ghosts because for a while the ghosts are invisible. She uh, tries to break down certain materials to help save the day. She is generally the person going, okay, perhaps if we try plan B, things will work out. Wasn't she also one of off the end trying to close the portals or something? Yeah, she does help make a way of closing portals. She also makes a weapon to fight the ghosts. It kind of works, but it's really kind of a one-shot thing. Mm-hmm. 
but give her remember crap. in the movie she was also trying to find a way to help the ghost world which is yeah, what she, i call she, it uh yeah she was she wanted to help them with science because that's just her way she wants to prove how powerful science can be even to these spiritual things and yeah i give her credit for i like when they do things like that where the answer is not pure magical mm-hmm and, but I'd also like when technology is not the be-all, end-all solution. Yeah, there's it's no, not the deus ex machina. Yeah, there's no deus ex machina or re- Shenron's wishing powers. <laughs> Even though there is a wish in this show, it's kind of impractical and takes a while to end. It's just, like I said, impractical. So, yeah, that's what I liked about her. She was a balance to the show. And she also has her really funny moments. God, now I'm going to have to try and find her name because I forget it. Who, whose name? The girls. Akari? That was it. I can't say her last name. T-S-U-K-I-M-E. Sukimura? Sukimura. Sukimura. Akari Sukimura. That's the closest I'm going to get to it. That sounds right to me. And like I said, she even invents a way to fight the ghosts. Using like garage store parts, like I remember, like one of the part, one of her things being like the the hose off a vacuum is part of like the. It looks like a leaf blower. It looked yeah, it looked like a leaf blower made out of random other parts that fires off sparkles. <laughs> you know that's actually a running theme of sparkles in the show. Yeah, glitter force, <laughs> ghost glitter force, glitter but, force used properly. Yeah, and <laughs> like I said, a lot of the characters do really work well together. The real problem with the show is it meanders at times. No, I think the real problem with the show was that goddamn ghost eyeball. Yeah, she stopped showing up for a while, so I I forget about her a lot. Yeah, I was happy when she stopped showing up. There is one other character who keeps showing up, and that's the old wide sage who is Uh, old wise mentor who is. is quirky and weird and supposed to be all wise and mysterious and when they explain him it just makes me dislike him more his name is Senin as in like the legendary Senin the wise ninjas he's the one who makes the transformation belts the one who helps make the icons and he just shows up to give advice to Takaru always in different costumes wasn't he the one supposed to be originally from the... Yeah, he, he's from the Gamma world. Mm-hmm, that's what I thought. And I just never really cared for him that much. He was he was a closing the show came to a deus ex machina. Yeah, I mean, he didn't have any ill intent. Yeah, by the end of it, he's no longer a deus ex machina, and he actually is helping with science magic. And I think by then there was a small thing of him realizing that he really screwed up and by going the way he is, he's not helping anything. Yeah, I mean, he'll admit that he's wrong now, so I'll give him credit for that. But I mean, at the start, he kind of feels like the helping villain is the best way I could put it. He's really mysterious and weird and cloaked in shadows and doesn't tell you much and which eh. I think that's the problem is that it just kept going on and on with that trend too long yeah yeah and when you find out who he is you think oh he's going to be revealed to be the actual final boss but then he find then we find out more about him that he's not and it's like oh you keep setting him up for things and just the payoff's not great with him no that's it no, that's it, it. The, payoff, the payoff is not good with him 
Nothing else to say about that. Yeah, that's pretty much where it falls flat and leaves it at that point. Yeah. Uh, now, there are actually a few behind-the-scene problems with Ghost, which nothing can be ever done to the to defend that. But uh, at the same time Ghost was in production, an interesting commenter show was decided to be made at the same time for Amazon Japan. <laughs> they revitalized a common writer from the eighties, common writer Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, uh, common writer Amazons. That's the sequel show, and well, it's based off the original Amazon, but not really. It, it's basically I like, never it, saw the original Amazon, but I do like the new Amazons. The original Amazon's magic based. Mm. He's the first magical common writer. And he's actually from the Amazon jungle, hence where he gets the name from. Makes sense. We'll talk about Amazon's another hyperbell, but this is a show me and Soul like, and it's really freaking dark. Yes. But because these two shows were going at the exact same. But not DC dark. Don't get us wrong. No, no. It's actually good dark. Yes. Uh, Because these two shows were going at the same time, and Common Rider shares a lot of production company studio stuff, they had to start taking staff and budget from Ghosts. From Ghost because they wanted Amazon's to do well because it was aimed for adults and for a different market. And honestly, I think it was worth it because while Ghost is good, giving Amazon that boost was probably what that show needed. Mm-hmm. So, but even for, then, it never really felt like Ghost was getting the short end of the stick in times. No, at several times, Ghost ended up having to like delay ideas like they introduced a suit power up but then they couldn't use it for two or three episodes because oh shit we don't have the budget for this or we don't have the st- we don't have the stunt guy for this because he's over over on studio c you know mauling a guy to death for amazon <laughs> so yeah that, it ended up causing a few snafus but in places i think they wrote around that pretty smartly i can't tell you when and where exactly this happened because production of shows are kind of a thing Mm-hmm. Uh, I and mostly because Connor is still being produced while it's being a lot of shows will air a season when they've done shooting the entire season. Common Rider kind of starts airing when it's like four or five episodes in, I think. Somewhere on there, and that's different. And that's case by case too. Some Common Rider shows are literally shot week to week and produced week to week. Yeah. Sometimes having that buffer just kind of helps the show in the long run. Yeah, that's a, that's a legit problem I have with Japanese media in general, is they like to rapid-fire get it out and then immediately put it on air. Just look at the early drawings of Dragon Ball Super. <laughs> yeah, that was a time thing. That wasn't anything it, but the thing is, driving, as a lot of people claim. They wanted, they wanted the show out as soon as it was done, without really taking the time to edit it. Yeah. And... Sure, that can lead to leaks and time delays and schedules being weird, but at the same time, you never really see those kind of major problems in most Western shows. They used to happen. Mm-hmm. And they still do sometimes. Don't get us but wrong. They're, but they're a lot less common now when you film the show, edit it, watch it a few times before you put it up. Yeah, and that, that, That's fine. Or you do the the Netflix series thing where you produce the entire sh- season and then upload the entire season when it's already done and all together. Yeah, but I, like I said earlier in this show, <clears throat> I think the main problem with Ghost was the main one I had when we were watching Kabuto. Up to about 
episode 12, around 15, somewhere in that general area, the entire show is on a slow burn. Yeah. It starts it off simple enough. Like, episode one, maybe two and three draw you in. Mm-hmm. But after that, it's pretty generic. A lot of people expected Ghost to be a lot darker than it was because it involves Ghost. It'll be a very mm-hmm. dark and macabre show. But it ended up being the standard friendship one. But honestly, I think it was above and beyond the average friendship show. It was the standard setup, but yep. had a much better payoff, intrigue, and payoff. Yeah. Um, now, I still if, really, I, would you recommend Ghost to uh, as, as someone's first comic writer? Hmm. See, that's a question I'm all over. I wouldn't say. See, when you, as previously stated, I don't remember if I said it in. Um, I think I probably said in both our podcast for Gaim and the previous um hybrid battle. Yeah, hybrid battle with um O's. Oh. No, we did. We, we did double. Oh, I'm sorry. I did double. O's on my own. Yeah, uh, my mistake. I'm no, no, no problem. Is that there's a common writer for everybody? Yeah, there is. And depicting what to have someone start off with depends more on the person than the yeah. actual show itself. Yeah, I would never say this is not a good one to start with. Um, as much as me and you like Amazons, I would mm. not make that someone's first common writer. No, I would probably put that as like. Watch the second or third, depending yeah. on the person. Ghost. If someone's can, more into that kind of doctor stuff, then I might. Yeah, but at the but same time, it whole, doesn't. No. It, at the same time, it doesn't really picture Connor in a good light or what Connor actually is. No, Ghost, but at the same time, it Ghost does least, have the elements that a common rider needs. Yeah, it does, and it did give some fresh blood, which Ghost can kind of at times did as well. I think gave a little bit of fresh blood. I will say this though: there may be a market down the road for a darker Ghost. Common writer, yeah, because the way it was introduced at first, that could still be a story set up somewhere else. Exactly, I would like to see a lot of fan theories of what Ghost was going to be as an actual show. I'm not pissed off that this is the version we got, like some people were. Like, you know how sometimes your hype can make nothing will ever match your hype. Yeah, and I think that happened to Ghost for a lot of people. Yeah, I can definitely see that being the issue. And yeah. honestly, just to answer that question, uh, what I would recommend as the first common writer to introduce someone into, it probably would be double or O's. Which are where I started and which is where I started you with. Mm-hmm. So is that because that's where we both started? We want to say double or is that just because those two are really good places to start with? I think it's a little bit of both. Because yeah, I think that's what drew, drew us in, because it's a good place to start. It gives yeah. you the concept of what this is about. Yep. And once you get hooked in, you kind of start, someone can kind of say, well, I enjoyed it, but I prefer this this one more, which you can enjoy the first Con Rider better than any of the others for all it really matters. Yeah. But there, it was something to start you off with, and then you can look into and see which one draws your attention more. I mean, I have a thousand and one issues with Con Rider Fies. But to me, it's still one of my favorite ones for some reason. Yeah. Which I've got no explanation for at this point. The same thing with Counter Wizard, which I'm going to do one of these days. It's one of my favorites, but I got so many problems with Wizard. <laughs> I saw so much potential in Wizard, and I still see so much joy in Wizard. Ghost. Ghost was just enjoyable, I think. I, I, there, yeah. are problems, there are problems with it. It could have been better, but I am quite pleased with the product we end up getting. Yeah, that's the thing. It. it uh, 
like I said, it was like an ice cream sandwich. I have never once in my entire life been mad at an ice cream sandwich. But you can also be disappointed with that ice cream sandwich. Yeah, it could have melted slightly. Yeah. Or you can be really happy because all of a sudden you bite into it and realize, oh my god, this one has chocolate chips inside. <laughs> but if someone just gives you an ice cream sandwich on a hot summer day, you're going to be happy. Yeah. And that's Ghost. I was happy to watch it, and I'll be happy to rewatch it. And again, we cannot stop gushing about how good Alan was. Yeah, he now that leads movie. into our personal issue with the series. Not so much the production or the story or character development, but he really needed a super form. He needed a super form. He needed his own movie. He needs a spinoff show. He needed a movie involving Grandma. Yeah, where he goes to hell to save her soul. Yeah. Because some evil monster saw how pure her soul was. And he wants I, to use... I, 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 I. And while he's down there, he ends up, you know, punching Spider-Man in the back of the head for <laughs> selling his marriage. I know that's been undone, but it was not undone properly, in my opinion. <sighs> no, no, there's a nice spinoff show for Alan going to hell and correcting the devil's, mis- devil's misdeeds to people. Because I'm sorry to look... The put on Linkari again, but Linkari was right. The devil never got anything out of that deal. Oh, it was stupid. Uh, we're both in a Spider Man mood because we both recently played the Spider Man game. Uh, with varying opinions on that, maybe we can talk about that sometime. But that would probably be a good one for our, uh, your podcast. Yeah, uh, small micro review. I liked it. It's not as good as any of the Rock City Arkham games, in my opinion, including Arkham Knight, but it kicks the crap of Arkham Origins. And it was definitely worth 80 bucks Canadian. Can but we at least agree that the story was there? That story is worth 80 bucks on its own. <laughs> Look, uh, just a small tangent. I like the Arkham series. It's not my go-to game, granted. They're my jam. But can we have a Batman game like Arkham Knight? But can we leave out Batman being drugged or poisoned for the for like the entire game no because like, batman needs a physical needs something to impair him so he doesn't just instantly win the game <laughs> yeah but it's kind of a tired trope at this point look what you what you're describing is you want an arkham game starring one of the robins i can go with that i mean i wouldn't argue that but just like me or make like make the proper raz al ghul the villain so you don't need to yeah, yeah, that, that, that is a legit problem I have with the Arkham games. Ross Al Ghul could have handled it. it would have been the mastermind behind all three, and it would have been better for me. But that's just I, me not. That's yeah. just me not being a big Joker guy. Yeah, it, that'll be a tangent for probably do wasted potential with the Dark Knight. There's wasted potential with Batman. You know what I meant, smartass. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, anything else you wanted to add about Counter Ghost before we get rid of sign off? Um, here's the thing. Uh, how do I want to put this? With words? No, that'd probably be preferred method because I don't think we had developed telepathy on the internet yet. And when we do, good lord, what's going to be posted up there? Um, I don't need to see those Bowsette memes. <laughs> Side tangent, we both freaking love Bowsette. We just yes. wish she was named Beach. Should have been called Beach. It's Queen Beach. Stop calling her Princess <laughs> Bowsette. That name double makes no sense to us. Not a queen, and she's not fused, she's not Toadette based. Now, if Toadette turned into Bowser, then then Bowser would be a fine name for her. Yeah, Bowser turning into Toadette, which is 
<clears throat> the thing about Ghost is in when it comes together, when the cast is not doing the Comrider thing, the entire cast does feel natural. Yeah, it they, doesn't feel like they're all there just for the plot convenience. Yeah, they could have easily done a slice of life show with these guys. Yeah, and it would have felt natural, honestly. Yeah, like even and, this the same, at the same time when they were in the suits, the choreography for the fights, mm-hmm. magnifique. <laughs> the problem was, <laughs> uh, pardon you. That. The problem was trying to conjoin these two didn't always work. No, and but yeah, even the old Senen, who, despite his lack of payoff, yeah. Never felt too shoved in, I guess would be the proper term for it. He did at times for me, but that's the difference between our... Well, I think that's what added to him, because he's trying to be the... Mm. Trying to shove himself in, in a certain sense, like, it's to his character. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I mean, he could have been a lot more shoved in just for plot. Like... It, like at time, like there are times where it feels like he was just shoved in there, but sometimes it felt like that's the point. Yeah. He's inserting himself; he's forcing it in some cases. And the other thing is, like, I want to talk about the icons real quick because we didn't mention those at all, really. Well, they were kind of well, yeah. Well, go just ahead, the go general ahead. basis, because some people might be hearing icons. This they're hero spirits, but that's all they're getting out of this. And I think that's a little bit of a disservice for this. Fair enough. Now, the icons are heroes, both fictional and non-fictional, based upon where they're from. Yeah. These are also well-known names in Japanese culture, which is why uh, the electric-based one is Edison, despite the fact it really should be Tesla in terms of heroic person with electricity. In all fair opinion, I would think Tesla would have had more fun with how the powers were used, but that's opinion. But that's the thing. Edison's a more household name in Japan, even though he really should be the icon for lawsuits. Forget where I heard that from, but I love that line. I'm not going to do a historical debate because I don't know enough about history. Because uh, The cowboy one is Billy the Kid. Mm-hmm. We got that. Robin Hood also. Which is, I'm, I'm sorry, people. Robin Hood's fictional. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that. That's sad. Um, Musashi Miyamoto. Yeah, he's a famous swordsman. There's a couple of Japanese ones, obviously. Uh, we said right. Newton. Uh, Tutankhamen. Mm-hmm. Beethoven. Which was a, which was one of my fun ones, just because of how it was. They, oh, by the way, because Houdini spent his time debunking supernatural, him becoming a ghost is a joke they make fun of. And I'm so yeah, happy. Yeah, there is. That was. It's like you. It's like ghosts are real, but you're a ghost right now. Don't you backpack me? <laughs> uh, there was Benkei. Benkei. He's a famous, uh, I think, Japanese warrior monk. Yeah, who was a master lot of, about defense and master of many weapons, and they actually did reference that why his ultimate attack being summoning so many weapons to help fight <laughs> used at once. Um, there was also Goyaman, the Legendary fictional thief. ninja thief. Goemon, which I love because Goemon was a kabuki theater character in a lot of situations. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the stances went are kabuki themed. So I freaking love 
that kind of like th- that's the kind of joke that if you know a little bit of you know history of the area, it makes the joke way better. But yeah. at the same time, it's a wacky kabuki thing. You may not get why he's doing it, but it's still kind of quirky and funny. So it, it's a joke that gets better the more it's you know. It's one of those things that while people in the West may not get it because of the Eastern theme behind it, it's still kooky and fun to watch. Yeah. We also have Himiko, the princess. Yeah, I don't know much about her personally. Neither do I. I just know it was a female princess. Oh, uh, side side tangent about the uh, um, icons are all voiced by the same male actor. Really? Even her. Even her. Damn. Yep. I did not pick up on that. I will be honest. I, I did only when scenes when four or five icons are talking. I'm like, okay, you lost me. These voices sounds very similar. Oh, it's the same dude. Well, kudos to him because he still did a good job emulating them differently. Yeah, he each had, each had a distinctive voice, but if they started loudly talking back and forth, it got hard for me to follow. But that happens. I mean, that happens in a lot of shows. Mm-hmm. And as we also mentioned, there was Sanzo from The Journey of the West. There was um, Oda Nobunaga. The warlord, the warlord of the seventh realm of hell or heaven. I forget which way that goes. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> He's got a lot of titles. Yeah. There was also the um, Brothers Grimm. Yeah, that was actually a pretty fun one with the writing on the book and everything. Yeah, and uh, book quill tendrils. <laughs> yeah. That is now, hard, hard to explain, but they're freaking yeah. cool. Uh, now, this is one of the shows, I mentioned this in earlier podcasts, is that I like Kamen Rider with the simple suit design, but there are ones that have like so many forms, it's a little bit ridiculous. Yeah. This was the one that was kind of that right mixture. Yeah. All the general models. suits are simple. They're the what is called the transient suit. Yeah. It's a single black suit. And then when you activate an icon, either the base one or any of the power ones, a jacket forms over with a hoodie. And maybe some other accessories added on from the jacket. Yeah. Like obviously Beethoven would give more of a because like a piano, like mm-hmm. tassels to it. Billy the kid gives like a cowboy hat on top of the hood. <laughs> uh, Newton gives like apple shaped orbs on the hands to control to gravity. gravity with them. Yeah. Uh, some don't have any sleeves at all. And the thing I like about it is that they're all interchangeable. It doesn't matter which yeah. tension device or which provider technically use, you are. Alan could technically use uh, Mushashi, but he never does. Makoto could use Musashi. Uh, they all can swip, swap and use them depending on what the situation is. And. and well, that is also an amazing thing for toys because even the toys can do that. Which is, I really wanted the uh, baseline toys just to play dress up with them, but I'm like, <laughs> I don't have two hundred bucks to spend on all these. To be but fair, I, they were actually pretty reasonably priced. You bought like, you bought Takaru, you bought Alan, and you bought uh, Makoto, and they each came with uh, their base forms, mm-hmm. and then you bought like a, a two pack of coats for them. Mm-hmm. And some of them came with their weapons. Now, the thing was is that they're swappable. There are multiple of them, but it didn't feel so overwhelming in certain ways that um, my one critique was what Double did. Yeah. That they were just kind of plug and play at that point. Yeah. I Um, think part of that was given each icon its own little personality. Yeah. They did have their own personality. They could have gotten more with them, but at the same time, yeah. 
the plug and play style for the icons really worked for a toy market and it didn't feel too inversive. Now, some of the accessory parts did feel kind of annoying, mm-hmm. like the seldom used ghost ship that turns into an iguana. I'm glad that wasn't overused because I think it was annoying. That thing was annoying and it was the most toyetic thing on the entire show. Yeah, that that screeching made every time it was some. It was just. I know, I know. I won't emulate it now because I don't remember it that well, but I do remember it being annoying. Yeah. But yeah, if the scent of a pirate ghost ship that turns into an iguana sounds like a really stupid idea, it's a really toy idea. Yeah. I will say this one, though. The. It wasn't the Mugen form, it was the one before that. Um, I forget what it was called now. Uh, grateful. Grateful. That was it. Thank you. Because he was grateful for all twelve helping him. Mm-hmm. It was this awesome thing. It was heavily it, armored and it was covered head to toe with the logos of all twelve icons. And he could actually summon the twelve icons into a rider form kind of thing and Basically, have them help him fight. It was a very nice touch. I thought it was. And uh, we didn't mention this, but when he transforms. He summons the jacket, and the jacket will actually defend him three seconds before it floats onto him, and it's really cool. It's CGI'd as hell, but it floats so naturally. It's an example of how you blend CGI. Yeah, it floats naturally, and because it's a ghost, that slight popping out of reality and is more odd, excusable in a yeah, sense the odd movements too. Like if someone told me these are deployable suits of armor I have invented. Here's the question, but if some, but when there are ghosts and they're defying physics, you're like, oh, okay. I think, honestly, Nostalgia Critic put it best when he was doing his review of the latest It, is that using CGI for something that's supposed to pop out and not feel natural is the yeah. best way to use it. That's pretty much how I explain things for anime, when anime blends CGI and reality mm-hmm. and 2D animation. If it's supposed to be jarring and otherworldly, go for it. If it's supposed to be just be a mech that everyone can just sees on the street, don't do that. Yeah. Also, it's okay if you do, like, in the background shots of an army of, like, 10,000 people. Yeah, don't make some guy draw those when you can just have a computer copy-paste them. Yeah, there are places we'll excuse it. It's kind of... Yeah. I mean, my biggest problem with CGI is was everything was in Berserk, but we'll get to that in a far later episode on Wasted Potential. Yeah. Uh, or Ugh. we might do a final form about Berserk one day. I will be breaking down the door because I have issues with that. <laughs> if you ever do Final Form Berserk, it'll definitely be the original Berserk anime. Oh, thank God. I mean, I actually really like that. I've never finished that, but uh, we should probably call this an end because we're mm-hmm. really getting way off topic. Uh, yeah. So I've been Mitchell. That's been my buddy Soul. How I you doing, know, folks? I don't know if I introduced him at the beginning, <laughs> but his name will obviously will most likely be in the title of the episode, so he won't be that much of a shock. Um, this has been Hyper Battle 3 I hope you've enjoyed yourselves and give Conrad a chance oh and one more thing next month I think I'm going to go back to the west for a while <laughs> I'm leaning towards making it morphin time <laughs> goodbye everybody Good night. This has been a Jedi Droppers production.